I tell you, that's a real eye-opener when you look at life and look at how things have been. A lot of times we become very hopeless about the world we live in. Amen? We don't know how to find hope. And that's what this series is about, how to find hope in a broken world. Because Jesus came. We're going to be talking about hope today. But uh, before we get started, um, if, you don't not, if you don't know me, uh, if you've never been here before, my name is Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor here. I get the opportunity to, to serve as the pastor here. Um, and I'm excited. And I'm also excited because, man, you guys are starting to pack the house. So if you're on the end and there's some empty seats in the middle, could you slide in for me? We're all about loving each other and caring about each other. Y'all slide over. Everybody took a bath. Everything's good. That way we can get some more, if some more, when the connectors come forward, they can sit down. So, good deal. And there's some room up front. But uh, anyway, um, I'll tell you, um, one of the biggest things to me, and I think about life, I think about what's going on, I think about everything that's, that, that it's easy to get caught up in what's going on to where you're just a nervous wreck about the future. You don't know what, what to do, what to do next. I don't know about you, but I can't even watch the news because I watch the news and I'm depressed the rest of the day, the rest of the night, and, and, and I'm like, I can't watch the news tomorrow. It's going to get worse. You know, and it's so it's so easy to get caught up in things. But I want to tell you, Jesus came to bring us hope. And I, I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you, where you felt utterly hopeless and, and like all was lost? Has there been a time in your life I believe all of us can say yes. Some of you are walking in that season right now. There's, there's some things in your life that you're just hopeless about. You don't think you'll ever get any closure in that. And I was thinking through that. I think one of the times that I was most scared thinking that all was lost, um, Sabrina and I, we got married. And, uh, and we, we've been, we were married uh, we were married 10 years when we lived, while we lived in this mobile home we bought. And uh, we, we lived in a single wide, and man... We were, you know, typical newlywed story. Didn't have that much money, so you know they moved it, and me and her daddy set the thing up. Okay, dangerous, dangerous. No code, no nothing. Just dangerous. So we set this thing up, and Sabrina and I one night we were sitting there watching TV, and, and I'm I'm not I don't it don't weather don't scare me. It it scares my wife to death. The wind blows a little bit, we got to go somewhere else, you know. So we were we were in this trailer, and we were sitting there, and the Wind was blowing, and it wasn't bothering me. We were getting ready to go to bed. And as the wind blew, a real strong gust of wind hit the house. And when it did, I'm sitting on the couch, and I physically watch the blinds on the window across from me come off the wall about a foot and a half. Watched it. And when it, the trailer rocked back down, that was my time to leave, you know? I was like, we got to get out of here. We got to go. We got to get out of here. And the thing is, is... is what made me feel insecure was not the wind. It was what the foundation of that house was on. I knew the foundation of that house was temporary. I knew that it wasn't going to last. And you know what we did? We left and went to a house that had a, had a permanent foundation. You know, and a lot of us go through life that way. Things hit us when everything seems to be crumbling around us. We lose hope and, we have, and we're fearful. We're anxious of the future. We don't know what to do next. See, when your life is built on the right here, the right now, when things hit you right here, right now, you're not looking to the future, it rocks you. It, 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 it makes you anxious. 
But see, I want to tell you, but when you're building a life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, you're looking at what he did for you so that you may have life more abundantly and life after this, man, it begins to, you begin to realize and you begin to have a little more confidence when stuff starts hitting you. But when you're living for the moment, you're living for what's going on, and your, your emotions will fool you. They do me anyway. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in stuff. See, Jesus came not just so that you can have salvation. That was one reason. He came so that we could have salvation. We could be saved from an eternity separated from God. But he came so you could have a deep, loving relationship with him. See, that's how you have peace. That's how you have hope. It's only through that relationship with Jesus Christ. He came to bring you hope when you're hopeless. Man, that should give you courage this morning. That gives me courage. Because I tell you, this past couple months, I've been walking through some, in in my own self, my own selfishness, some hopeless situations. Feeling like nothing's going to change, nothing's going to get better. But but you know why? I was looking at it through my own vision instead of through the eyes of God. When I had to pull myself back and realize who I am talking to. Let Let me give you a little, let me give you a little brief idea who I'm talking about. Isaiah. I love Isaiah. Some one of my favorite verses. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He's prophesying about Jesus. He says, He says, For a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, as we come to you right now, God, I just pray that, Lord, that these seeds that are sown would would take root this morning. God, I pray that you would change us, that you would enable us to walk this thing out. And God, that you would break any kind of stronghold that's in our life that keeps us hopeless and takes our faith away from you. So God, moving us today, moving this word, and God, thank you for coming. Lord Jesus, and thank you for being the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Mighty God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know what I love about this is that, is that he's, he's, he's given a prophetic announcement of Jesus is coming, and then he gives him some, some names. And, and one of the names that he gives him is Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So that, in order to have peace in your life, you've got to understand that the God that you serve it's everlasting. There's nothing that's happened under the sun he will surprise of. There's nothing that's going to happen that's going to surprise him. So if we're following him and he's in control of our life, then we can rest in assurance that he's going to lead us down the right road. Amen? So the reality is when we're hopeless, the problem is, is that we're taking ourselves out of the will of God and we're trying to take control and say, God, I know better than you do. I know this situation better than you do. I know what's going to happen better than you do. And then when it don't happen the way we think it should happen, we become to be, we start being hopeless. We get angry because things didn't happen the way we wanted them to happen. And then we're like, God, where did you go? And he never went nowhere. It was us the whole time. So he's, I just, God is an everlasting God. I mean, that should, that should give you hope. It gives me hope when I think about there's nothing that I can ask God that he's going to say, you know what, Jeremy, I don't know. He's not, there's nothing that he's going to say. There's no circumstance that he's going to say, mm, ain't, didn't see that coming. I mean, he's not going to be, the, he's not that God. 
There's nothing going on. So it should give me peace of knowing that there's nothing under the sun that I can't bring to the God that loves me if I'm following him that he's not going to be able to take care of. Man, that should give you hope this morning. That should, man, that should jack you up this morning. That, make, that should put a smile on your frowning face this morning. Amen? I mean, because there's nothing that, he, that, that you can go through that he don't already have the answer for. But often we just go through life feeling hopeless, feeling upset, being having a less life because we're okay with things the way they are. We don't understand that there's more to life than what's, what we have right now. Isaiah 40. I just love how the Bible just ties all together. But Isaiah 40, as you turn there, if you have a Bible, I hope you, you, you'll turn to it. If not, it'll be on the screen. But I'm going to give you some backstory before we read this. It's, it's in it's that Isaiah 40. Isaiah, he's, he's talking to the Israelite people, okay? He's talking to the people that they, they're God's chosen people, okay? They were God's people. But yet because of their disobedience, now they were in bondage to someone else. They were in Babylon, the Babylonians had them. They were, they, were, they were in bondage to the Babylonians because of their disobedience. See, a lot of our... I'm going to preach a little bit before I read the passage, but hold on. A lot of our disobedience is because of... I mean, a lot of our hopelessness is, a lot of, is because of our disobedience. Sometimes we feel hopeless because we've made dumb decisions. God said turn left, but yet we turn right. Come on. I mean, so, so, so we got to realize that, that some, sometimes we got to admit we're wrong and turn the car around. That's called repentance. A little bit of, little bit of church word for you. But you, you got to turn around. You got to change direction and start going in the direction that God had led you into to begin with. So in this passage, the people of, of, of Israel, they're, they're in bondage. And when you're in bondage to something, you are depressed, you are upset, you can't see no end in sight. These people were, were just complaining to God. Come on, I just named half of y'all in here. Come on. And so, so they're just complaining and going on, and they don't know what else to do. And so, yet, so God speaks to the prophet Isaiah and says, tell this to my people. Verse 25, he says, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all this? He will bring all, he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. We're going to hold up right there. But man, I'll tell you, the way, one way to get out of hope, feeling hopeless, you got to realize how big God is. See, the problem is most of us, we put God on a human level. We think that he is, is just like my brother next door to me, that he, only he can do so much. There's, let me tell you, God can do anything he wants to do. He put the stars in the sky and he named them. You know how big this universe is? We, don't, we haven't even seen all of it yet. You know what I'm saying? We're limited on what we can know, but yet God named everything. There's stuff outside the reach of our universe that he's named that we don't have any idea what it is. See, that's how big God is. And to think that that big of a God sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross, he loved you enough so that you could have a personal relationship with him if you would follow him, man, that is awesome news. So why not? Take your eyes off of you for a minute and take it and put it on the God. That's got, that he's got big things going on. How could you think that he don't care about you? How could you think he don't know how to fix your problem? How can you think that he don't know the, the, the pain you feel 
How, how can you take that out? See, the first thing is you got to recognize how big God is. And a lot of times people put the preacher on the pedestal of God. Let me tell you something. I ain't God. Because I was God, I would have zapped some of you a long time ago. <laughs> That's what it was. It would have been more like pow. That's what it would have been like. But anyhow, some sound effects for you. And so that's the thing. God is all-knowing. God can fix your problems. So many times we try to fix ourselves like, like we're in an old car. You can only do so much. You can only do so much. And if you keep trying to fix yourself, eventually when you keep trying to fix yourself and, 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 and it keeps coming back, you get discouraged. You start feeling, what's the use? You know why? Because you've got the wrong view of God. Verse 27, God says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do, you, why, why do you say, Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. See, like I said, the people were in bondage. They were in exile. They were, they were held down. They were held captive. They were, their whole life had been uprooted. And yet right now they feel hopeless. They're looking at the situation, and they're like, we used, to, we, used to, we used to have joy and prosperity, and now I'm in this bondage right now. Now I'm, I'm just hurting. I'm in despair. Have you ever been in a place, church, where you just feel stuck? Have you ever just felt stuck? Like, like the problem's so big, like you can't see the other side of the hill. You're just stuck right there. You, you feel hopeless. You have no control over the situation. Some of y'all are walking through this right now. You're in, a hopeless, you're in a hopeless state. And often when we feel that way, we're like, all right, God, this is what's going on. Like he didn't know, right? I remember when I was going through some hopeless times, I would be crying my eyes out and be like, God, this is going on, this is going on. I mean, to the detail. And then when I got done, you know what I always said? I always said, Lord, why, what's going on? Why don't you hear me? Why aren't you changing this? Why? Like he didn't even know what was going on. How many of us are going through some problems, going through some times in our life, and we act like God doesn't know? There's nothing you're going through that he doesn't know and that he doesn't care about. You know, how many of us have felt like, just like the Israelites, they felt like God didn't care about what was happening to them? They didn't feel like, you don't feel like what was going on. You got that hopelessness inside. You know, and a lot of us are in that hopeless state. It's because God's told us, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's the only way this happens, okay? If you're just a every Sunday morning church goer and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you have no idea what I'm talking about, okay? But here's, here's the reality. If you're a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is inside of you, a lot of times we feel hopeless it's because God's told us to do X, but yet we did Y. And you're not going to feel peace again until you go back and do what he told you to do last time. See, our disobedience causes us to be hopeless in a lot of times. A lot of situations. See, we've got to realize that there's more to this life than just eating and drinking and making money and coming to church. It's about obeying the God that loves you. And until we truly obey God, some of you will never have the peace to the level in which God wants you to have it. Obedience is where peace is. And when you're obeying God, man, that's the greatest place to be. To me, I, I tell being this a lot. It's like, to me, it's like, it's like an addiction. It's like, all right, God, you did, you did this today. What are you going to do tomorrow? Wake up expecting God to do big things. 
But see, when you're hopeless, you're not expecting that God to do nothing because you don't even see the forest for the trees. So church, I'll ask you a question. Why are you weary? What are some things that, 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 that you're hopeless about? And don't look to your neighbor and be like, he's talking to you, because I know there's stuff in everybody's life in which you're hopeless for. There's things going on that you feel hopeless, that you feel like you won't have any control over, that you feel like is unfair, that you feel like that, that we're unjustified. Maybe it's some stuff that happened in the past that you're still holding on to. But see, why? Why are you tired? Because if you keep holding on to that stuff, it's going to wear you down. I know it did me. And you can paint that pretty church face on and wear them pretty church clothes on all you want to, but your heart is jacked up. Your heart is hurt, and you cry when nobody else sees you because you don't want nobody else to know the pain you got. But God knows, amen? Why carry this hopelessness around when he came to give you hope? And if you are truly a follower of Christ, then you need to access that hope in which he gave you. That's walking in obedience. All right, so, so the, the things that people are hopeless are all kind, they're all kind of different things. Maybe, maybe it's your own condition. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe, it, maybe it's you feel like you married the wrong person. Maybe it's feel like you, you, you can't find the right person. Maybe it's, it's all these different things. Quit looking at your spouse. Um, maybe it's the place in life. Maybe it's where you are. Maybe it's like, you know what? I should be further along right now. I should have X. I should have Y. I should be, I'm hopeless because I can't obtain the things that I want. Maybe it's, maybe it's your purpose. Like you, don't, you feel hopeless because you don't feel like your life has any meaning. You don't feel like there's anything at all to give you meaning in life. Maybe it's even your own surroundings. Maybe you're hopeless because you got a bunch of negative Nancys at home. You got a bunch of friends that all they do is drag you down. You got, maybe, maybe that's it this morning. I don't know what, what, what it is, but I want you to do me a favor. Can you do me a favor? Huh, can you? Some of you are like, I don't know. Write it down. Write it down. Make a mental note right now. Write those things down. Because don't act like you don't know. Some of y'all need a three-ring binder to write this stuff down, all right? Some of y'all can write one thing down. But see, the reality is there's something going on. Write it down. Write that person down, that circumstance down. Write it down. Because when you write it down, guess what? It becomes a reality. When you write it down, it becomes concrete. When it write it, you have to face it and say, yep, this is an issue that I have to deal with. See, we often feel hopeless and that God has abandoned us when we're tired. And, and, and we, what happens is we bring God down to our level. We bring him down. See, our human response to things, our human response to life is so different than the everlasting God. He, you see only right now. God sees 10,000 years from now. And the hell that you're walking through right now, the hopelessness in which you feel right now, often is equated to where he's taking you to prepare you to be ready for when you're going to meet him in the air. Amen? But see, I've said it before and I'll say it again. See, some of you got to quit complaining about the pain and start embracing the progress. Embracing the process that God's, God's using. God's using. Sometimes he's used hopelessness to bring you to him. Sometimes he brings you, puts, puts you in bad situations because guess what? Your hard-headed self wouldn't listen no other way. I can speak from experience. Amen, corner, right here, because I'm that way. And as hard as I fight my hard-headedness, it, it comes back right back up. God puts this in places. 
to teach us. And if we're hopeless, sometimes it's that way. But sometimes it's because we won't allow God to work in this situation. We won't, you, you want to continue to fix it your way. You feel hopeless because you don't feel, feel like a relationship could be fixed. But you know what? You're still holding on to what happened 15 years ago. You won't allow God to deal with the bitterness in your heart. So therefore, you're hopeless. There's all kinds of scenarios I could run, and I might not even hit yours, but you know what's going on in your heart, and God does too. So quit masking it with a smile and be real today. Amen? See, verse 28 is what I love too. He says, do you not know? See, they complain, and here's God saying, do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God? Here he quotes Isaiah 9, 6. The, the creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Man, that right there makes me want to dance a little bit today, and I can't dance. But man, think about that. I, I serve a God. We serve a God that does not come and go. He don't just come and go. He don't just pop into your life when it's convenient. He, he's everlasting. He's always there. Right there in the middle of the pain, he's there. Right there when you're crying, he's there. Right there in the middle of everything, he's right there. And he promises us. All you got to do is reach out. That's one thing God's been telling me. Jeremy, you can't even walk without holding my hand. You know why? Because my God knows how clumsy I am. I'll fall into something in a heartbeat. I'll fall down in a minute. But I got to hold his hand. See, that's the thing, church. He is the everlasting God, a firm foundation that we can build our lives on. And if our life is not built on the firm foundation of the everlasting God, then guess what? Everything that happens in your life is going to be like a roller coaster ride. You're going to be on an emotional roller coaster ride your entire life. You've got to jump off of that thing. You've got to jump off of it. We, went to, we was on vacation before we all got food poisoning and, and about died, I felt like, last week. But we, we, was, we was in the mountains and... We got a chance to, we rode every roller coaster at Dollywood. And, and there was one roller coaster that uh, um, the Chandler, he, he fooled me. He was like, it ain't nothing. This little girls can ride this ride. <laughs> then I get on the thing and he was like, man, I thought you told me about this thing. I thought you little girls could ride this ride. He said, there he is. And I was like, boy, I will punch you in the, but <laughs> anyway, we, on this, we sitting on this ride and man, this thing goes 51 miles an hour uphill. When I was a kid, you know what a roller coaster did? Clank, 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 clank. Gave you, gave you time to prepare, you know? You're getting ready for the drop. Not this thing, uh-uh. You're getting that thing, it's like, woof. When you come down the hill, you're going 73 miles an hour. When we were going up the hill, I told Chandler, I'm going to kill you, boy. <laughs> and he's giggling, just laughing. See, a lot of us are like, just like that. We get into situations and circumstances, and we just thought that it's going to be this slow pace, and all of a sudden, things get out of hand in a hurry, and we don't know what to do, and we're just screaming at the top of our lungs, because we don't know what else to do. There ain't no way out. And you stop and realize that God's got you. When I quit yelling, because I thought I was getting slung out of that thing, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm, I'm hung in this thing. When you get in a roller coaster, and it's got a harness for your upper body, and then there's something that you chastise your legs in, you know you're in trouble, boss. Just so you know, don't ride that ride. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's probably got my picture still up there where I was going, going up the thing. 
But see, God's got an everlasting foundation. When we're hopeless, it shows, when we're hopeless, it shows the areas in our life that we don't trust God. When we're, when we're hopeless, when we, we won't allow God to work, it shows areas that we don't trust God. And if we're a follower of Jesus, we're supposed to be able to trust God, right? Some of y'all were like, if I say it, it means it's real. It means you don't trust God. And so God's really been working in my heart. The things that I'm hopeless in, the situations that get me bent out of shape, is where like, God, I don't trust you in this area. And it show, what, what, what God's showing you that the area that you don't trust him in right now. And some of you right now, you, the whole, your whole life you feel hopeless about because you've never truly surrendered your life and given it to God. See, his foundation is something that we can bank on. See, he's been there from the beginning of time, and he will continue to be here. I, I, just, I can't say that enough to you guys because that's what keeps me rooted. I don't serve a God that was just created 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? My, my God's always been here, and he will always be here. No matter how long I'm here on this earth, he will continue on. Man, that's something you can bank on. That's a firm foundation that you can build a life on. That's something you can depend on. Amen? I know when we, when we bought our house, because living in a mobile home my whole life, like it was like, all right, every time the weather got bad, we going somewhere, right? Especially after that experience where the blinds come off the wall. I mean, it's time to go somewhere. The wind blows a little bit, and my truck was in drive. We was headed out. We bought the house. The house was on a firm foundation. I didn't even know it was even bad weather coming. Like I said, I don't watch the news. Like My mother-in-law would call and be like, y'all need to go somewhere. It's finna to get bad. And I'm walking outside, and it's like, the storm's over. What happened? See, when your life is in the solid rock of Jesus Christ, you don't even realize when the storm's coming or when the storm's going because you're constant because he's constant. You're firm because he's firm. You're listening to him, and, he's, and you're doing what he says. You're not paying attention to anything else. See, that's what following Christ is. It's staying plugged into the true vine, staying plugged into him, walking in his strength, not your own, walking in his knowledge, not your own. But see, when you're taking yourself out of his will, you're walking your own knowledge, your own understanding, your own just how you feel yourself, and you end up messing up things, and you end up feeling like God's abandoned you, and he hadn't abandoned you. You just backed away from him. Must be some deep stuff because y'all like. See, when I feel abandoned, the first question I ask myself is, God, where'd you go? What'd I do? Is that you? Any of y'all can, 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 can agree with that? That's how I am. God, what happened? But you know what I realized? You know what God's word teaches? Because God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God didn't leave me. I left God. I allowed my situation to overcome me, and I just backed up. Some of you hadn't prayed to God in so long with a true heart because you've been upset about the situations that you're in. You've been hopeless about what's going on. I know we were going through a time, uh, Sabrina and I was married 13 years before she got pregnant with Payson. And I remember going, we were, <clears throat> we were trying, we were, you know, we were trying to have pacing for, for a while, and I, like nothing ever would happen. And we got talking about going to a fertility doctor and doing all these things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I was just like, I ain't doing that. So he was like, well, why? I was like, because I, I don't like the process. I ain't doing that. I was like, if God wants to have a baby, he's big enough to give us a baby. And, and if not, there's plenty of people that want to adopt. That was my, was my, was my synopsis at the time. And, but yet, I told her that. I told my wife that to give her peace, to give her strength. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like, God, what in the world's going on, man? 
I mean, I've been faithful. I'm doing, all, I'm doing your work. What are you doing? You know, it kind of was like, well, why me, God? Any of y'all felt like that? Why me, God? And there was a time in my life, a couple of years, every time I would think about it or see a child or see, see family with children, like I'm like, man, look what I'm missing. And then one day out of the blue, when Sabrina and I both were okay with whatever God wanted, Sabrina shows up and she brings me this little test and she's like, remember what we've been praying for? Remember what we've been praying for? And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And then first thing I go back, is like, God, really? 13 years? Really? And it's like God taught me, Jeremy, you weren't ready five years ago. You weren't ready to be the godly man that would meant to raise this son in a godly way five years ago. And I held off to prepare you. And that's just what he did in my life. That's how he spoke to me. See, sometimes we're hopeless because we don't trust God in certain areas. And it's a real thing. Where do you not trust God at? See, I want you to understand something. A lot of times we're walking through things and we're, walking, we're hopeless because of certain things going on. But God's using, it, using oftentimes this hopeless situation to prepare you for the next level of faithfulness. If you can hold, if you hold on through that, if you'll give God this hopelessness and say, God, I feel hopeless. I feel like I have no control. I don't know how to get out of where I am right now. I want to ruin God. God, I want to quit. I mean, be honest with him because he already knows your heart. So I want that, God, but you know what? I know that your word is true, so I'm going to hang in here. So God, just show me, your, show me your glory. Show me your faithfulness. Show me what that next step is. And when you do that, when he comes through, guess what? It's like you're stepping out, boy. You're walking on clouds because he comes through and you see him. You're on another level of faithfulness. You see him on another level. And God's trying to bring you to another level, but you're fighting him because you want to stay where you are. And you wasn't intended to stay where you are. You can't stay where you are and go with God. And he wants you to walk with him on this journey. He wants to grow you closer to him. So if you're hopeless today, just write that stuff down and say, God, I give it to you today. I want you to show me how to walk out of this hopeless situation. And it's not going to change right now because it didn't happen right now. You got to be patient and walk with him through it because he's trying to teach you something through it. All through the Bible, guys, all through the Bible, God, God left us his word so that he could show us that he didn't move. Deuteronomy 31.8 says this, The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid, and don't be discouraged. Joshua 1.5 says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalms 91, Psalms 94, 14 says, For the Lord will not reject his people. He will never forsake his inheritance. I mean, I want you to look at that. He will never forsake his people. If you are truly a follower of Christ, if you, not, not just a Sunday morning goer, if you truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you truly love him with all your heart, if you truly have surrendered your life to him, it says he'll never leave you. He will not reject his people. He won't reject you, Christian. You with me? He won't tell you no. He won't, he, he won't reject you. He, that's his promise. His word is true. Just something you can stand on. It's concrete. It's the foundation that you can hold in. And he said he will never forsake his inheritance. You will never forsake your inheritance if, if you stand on the, on the word of God. 
What is there to be hopeless about when you got a God that loves you enough that he's reminded you over and over and over he will never leave you nor forsake you? Amen. Man, that's something. Whew. Man, come on, guys. We got to get a little more excited up in here. <laughs> I missed y'all, but y'all got to be amen in me a little bit. There we go. See, God doesn't, God doesn't come and go like people do in your life. They don't, he doesn't come and go like problems. He doesn't come and go like, 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 like the money in your bank account. Amen? I mean, he's there. He's there through the thick and the thin of life. He's there with you when, in the happy days and in the, in the sad days. God's always there. But we got to learn to lean on him. You got to learn to trust in him. And oftentimes, it's in the times in which you feel the most distraught, the most hopeless, the most detached, is when he's trying to do the greatest work in you. And for those of us that are hard-headed, a lot of times he's got us there to show us that we can't do life without him. You know, I, one, of the, one of the things I love about the reason Jesus came, Jesus came so that he would die and pay the penalty of our sins. But also when he came, because Jesus came, he died and he rose again. His resurrection, we, we as Christians, we as believers have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Okay? So we got God in us. We ain't got to go to God. He's right here. Amen? So we can, we can go to God. And so God's with you in every situation. Man, that's exciting. I, I, I've made a, and I have to remind myself of that. Sometimes I'll be riding in a truck, and I do a lot of driving by myself, and I'm just like, God, why is this going on? God, is that going on? And, and, and I'm like forgetting that, that he's right. I'm, I'm, I'm acting like he's way up here, okay? Do you know what I started doing? I better start looking at the passenger side seat talking to it because he's right there, right? So if you ride by me and you see me talking to the passenger side seat, I'm talking to God, all right? Get out of my business. <laughs> But see, that's the thing. We got to realize he's with us. Nothing in your life right now is too big for God. Nothing going on in your life is too big for God. And guess what? Nothing going on in your life right now he don't know about. He, he knows about the discouragement. He knows about the thinking of quitting. He knows you're thinking about giving up. He knows you, that you think that you're not worthy. He knows that you think all these different things. He knows. He knows that you're like, you know what? I don't even fit in nowhere, God. Why should I even continue on at that church? Why should I continue to do this? Why should I continue to do that? He knows the thoughts. He knows the seeds that the enemy's putting in your head. And all you got to do is cast those things out and go to God. Amen? No obstacle. A lot of times the obstacle that we face, we think that God can't do it. There's nothing that God can't or God will do. There's no obstacle that he can't overcome. It ain't, a, it ain't a fact if he can or if he can't do it. It's a fact if you trust if he can or can't do it. Because he's not going to do anything in your life if you don't trust him with your life. And that's a lot of the holdup in us. We want to we give God our life. We want to go to heaven, but we don't want to give him control. You know how I know that? Because we want to go to church on Sunday and cuss like a sailor on Monday. Come on now. We want to go to church on Sunday and we want to text another woman on Wednesday. We want to go to church on Sunday and we want to cuss out our boss and we want to fuss and we want to fight. We want to, we want to lie on Tuesday. I mean, come on, church. God's called us to be real people. And we were like, oh, God, where have you gone? He's like, boy, I don't know who you are. 
because you're not following me. You don't trust me. You're not, you've given me lip service, but you ain't giving me your heart. And that's the majority of most people that call themselves Christians. You're hopeless because you don't know the God that gives hope. And until you surrender your life and give him your life, you won't know the hope. You won't know the peace that goes beyond all understanding. That's the first step from a lot of you. Isaiah 42, 16 says this, says, I will lead the blind by the way they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do, and I will not forsake them. Whoo, Lord, that's good stuff to shout for there. He says, if you're blind today, if you feel like you don't know which way to go, that's a good place to be because that's what he says. He says he's going to take the blind to a place you ain't never known. Some of you ain't never known peace before. And he said, if you'll give me your hand, he'll take you to a place you ain't never known. Some of you ain't never had confidence in God before. He said, if you'll give it to me, he will lead, me, lead you to a place you ain't never known. Man, that's something to shout about this morning. Woo, I'm telling you. I done told the prayer group out there that if we, need, if we want to be radical, we got to do radical things. So if I, you see me attempt to cut a backflip, that was what I was trying to do. Man, I'm telling you, I can feel the spirit this morning. But that's the thing. He's supposed to take you. He said, I will guide them along unfamiliar paths. You ain't by yourself. He says he's going to walk with you and guide you. The God that put the stars in the sky loves you enough to walk with you through difficult situations. That's something to get shouting happy about, church. I mean, he says, I will, I will turn their darkness into light before them. If you're walking in a dark place, all you got to do is surrender and give your life to God, and he will turn that depression into happiness, baby. He will turn this bad place into a good spot if you will give him your life, if you will surrender those things. 99% of the problem us as Christians have is that we won't give God the keys to everything. We won't give God that blank check Dallas was talking about a couple weeks ago. We, just, we just want to write him a little bit of 10%. We want to give him a little bit of our life. Not say, here, God, do whatever you want to do with it. And if you want to ruin me, ruin me, but I'm, I'm going to serve you anyway. That's what God wants. He says, oh, I love this part in this, in this scripture. He says, I will make their rough places smooth. I don't know how many people have called me, but pastor, I'm going through a rough patch. I'm going through a rough patch. Well, let me tell you something. You back up and you grab, and you back up to where you left God. Come on. You back up to where you left God. You're going, you hook him back to your trailer and you keep on going. Guess what? You're going to go through that rough patch smooth. Amen. See, God ain't left you. You left God. He's saying, you go back to that rough patch, and he will make it smooth. He says, there's things I will do, and I will not forsake him. He said, these are things I will do. It's a promise. He didn't say, Mike. He didn't say, baby. He didn't say, if you. He said, they, these are the things I will do. Man, that's something you can count on, church. That's something you can bank on. Why are we hopeless? Why are, we, why are we always worried about things? Man, I'm telling you, man, I, I, some of y'all need to write that down and recite that every day to give you confidence knowing that he ain't left you, that he's going to take you through that junk that you're walking through, that he will guide you every step of the way, that that bad place you feel like you're in, that hopelessness that you feel like you're in, he's going to walk you through it. Y'all need to write that down. Whew, I'm telling you, man, God's doing something. See, we find ourselves going back to the things that he's freed us from if we ain't careful. See, if you don't back up, and realize, see, you're blind. If you're hopeless, you're blinded. 
And Satan's blinding you by your hopelessness. And you're blind. And if you're not careful, you'll walk in that blindness and go right back to what you're familiar to. Come on. I'm real talk today. I mean, that's how I was. I, I, I got saved, and man, everything's supposed to be rainbows and lollipops, right? And I start following Jesus, and I start walking, the, you know, and next thing I know, my life starts falling apart. You know what Satan starts saying? Man, you wouldn't have any problems when you were drinking every weekend. So I'm going to buy McTeer back there and get you a 24-pack and, and just cast your fears away, cast your problems away, because that is what took away your problems. This God didn't take away your problems. Come on. Some of y'all might have been take that pill. Come on, hit that cocaine. It might have been, it might have been cheat on your wife because that other woman gives you fulfillment. It might have been all these different things, but Satan tried to send you back to who you once were instead of because he knows the potential in your life if you hang on and hold on to God. We need to back away and stop, stop, stop just pursuing the things that we once did and, and say, you know what? When I realize that my flesh wants what I once was, that's a good that's a good indicator I'm going in the right direction. It's like, a lot of times we say, oh, I'm being tempted. Man, I, I've learned to say, praise God, I'm being tempted, because that means I'm going in the right direction. Amen? Now, when you fall to temptation, that's a time to worry a little bit, all right? But when you're being tempted and you're going in the right direction, it's time to praise him. See, the last thing, verse 29, says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Who praise you, Jesus? Every, even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Amen. Amen. I, 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 you break, when I break this down a little bit, the first part of that, it says, I mean, it says that he energizes those who get tired. Are you tired this morning? Are you tired this morning? There's some translation that says that, that he gives fresh strength to the dropouts. He gives fresh strength to those who want to quit. Have you ever been in a time in which you just want to quit? If you're there this morning, he says, all you, got, all you got to do is reach out and grab my hand and say, I'm not strong enough. Help me. And he will give you strength. See, that's the problem. Everything we feel hopeless in, he's right there. We just got to reach out and hold his hand. Amen. We're not like that commercial. We want to holler out, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Some of y'all might have said that here lately, but we want to scream out, I can't get up, I can't get up. We give these excuses why we can't get up. And you know, when I watch those commercials, I'm like, woman, why don't you just press that button? Because when you press that button, they coming, right? And that's in your life. Like you stop complaining and just press in to God. And he's going to come to your aid. He's going to help you. It says for even young people want to get tired. They want to drop out. Young people in their prime, they stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord get fresh strength. So just because a lot of us are brand new Christians. There's a lot of you in this room that are brand new Christians. And you've been stumbling. You've been falling. But the thing isn't that you stumble and fall. It's the fact that you get back up. And he, he said, you, you may be stumbling and falling. You feel weak. You feel tired. But he's saying, I will give you strength if you press into me. Don't go back. Don't back up. Don't think the old way is the best way because that isn't. He says, press into me. 
He says, but when you do that, he says, they will spread their wings and soar like eagles. They will run and don't get tired. They walk and don't get la- and not lag behind. And God really spoke to me in that side of it. Because there's a lot of us in here. We've been walking this out. But if you were honest, you would say, I'm tired. Satan's been on you. You don't think the, 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 the attacks will ever stop. You're constantly getting beat down. When will the sickness go? When will this trouble go? When will this situation leave? When will my marriage ever get better? You're walking through this. It's like, when, when, when? He said, those who hope on the Lord, he will renew their strength. Those who run, they won't get tired. Let me tell you, you won't get tired of praising Jesus in a bad place if you keep your eye on him. And a lot of times we're tired of where we are is because we're not pressing into him. And he's got you in this hard place a lot of times so that you will turn to him and and he will get the most glory. Your problem ain't about you. You hear me? You might need to tell yourself this. This hopelessness ain't about me. This problem ain't about me. It's about if you're going to trust him because when you trust him, it, show, it gives him glory. It gives him honor. It gives him praise. And he wants to use you as a vessel in order to give him glory. Are we giving him glory? Because us walking in this depressed, hopeless state tells the world that there's no power, that there's no anointing in the name of Jesus. And I've seen God do too much in my life to sit there and lie to you and say there isn't because my God is a powerful God. My God is redeeming God. My God is a God that can deliver you from anything. My God is a God that can do anything in your life. But the problem is it ain't God. It's us most of the time. So are you going to trust him with your heart? Are you going to trust him with your life? Are you going to trust him with that thing that you wrote down this morning? So how how do we give hope to people when we're hopeless. How do we, how do we get hope? So I want you to think. Do we often hear the word hope today and we think that, that in, we hear it in our daily conversations, I hope I do good on the test tomorrow. I hope you have a good day. I mean, it's more like wishful thinking the way we use the word, right? But, but see, the biblical word of hope, hope is an expectation Hope is the belief of something desired. Come on. Do you expect God to do things in your life? Because when you are hopeless, it means you don't expect him to do nothing. When you're hopeless, you you don't desire him to do nothing. Church, do you desire him to do things in your life? So maybe today you need to say, God God hadn't done nothing in your life because you hadn't had that hope. You hadn't had that desire. Come on. God wants to do something big in your life. God wants to take that that hard place away, but you got to want it out. You got to quit wallowing in your pity. You got to quit wallowing in the situation. You got to do something about it. See, biblical hope is much more than wishful thinking. It's it's a hope in what God's going to do in the future. And the only way I can make it through difficult situations is I don't look at the situation that I'm in. I look at what God's going to do on the other side of the situation. Amen? I remember when Kim had cancer. And Kim's one of the closest people that I've had in my life to get something like that. And I'm the type of person that when you tell me something, like if, 
If somebody tells me they're going through a divorce, when I go home, I feel like I'm going through a divorce. I can't help it. That's how my body is. So when Rick told me and Rick and Kim told us that she had cancer, it was like I had cancer. I thought it was like my wife had cancer. It, it almost devastated me. But I remember praying over Kim that one night in my living room. We were praying, praying over Kim, praying for God to heal her. And when I was praying, I wasn't praying for Kim right then with the cancer. I was praying for Kim five years from now, just walking and talking and walking in victory, not the Kim that had cancer. I could see her walking in victory. And see, that's the thing. Do you see yourself walking in victory? Because you got to see things in which God sees things. And praise God, he healed Kim. She's cancer-free. She just come back from her last PET scan. Everything's clear. Cancer's gone. That's God. Amen? And he worked things out in a hopeless situation. And things don't have to be that dramatic. But that's how it is. I want you to think about the disciples. And we're going to close on this. But everything that their life meant, everything their life was built on, okay? They, they left everything for Jesus. And Jesus kept telling them, I'm going, I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected. But they were just like me and you. They just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. They didn't take hints very well. Jesus told them. They were like, whatever. It's crazy, man. But when he died, it was like, oh, God, this just got real. Everything that I've lived for is gone right now. Think about the hopelessness they were walking in at that time. But then, praise God, three days later, huh? Three days later, he rose from the grave. They saw him. Think about the hope they had then. There wasn't nothing in, in hell or on earth that they could not overcome because they saw Jesus resurrected from the dead. See, church, I'm going to tell you, when you got God in you, there ain't nothing that you can't do. When you got God in you, there ain't nothing you can overcome because he's in you because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus came so that we can be a hopeful people. Jesus gave us a reason to be hopeful, amen? A people that desire change, people that pursue being, making a difference. He came, and he came so that you can have access through him to have hope. So the reason you are hopeful, I mean, hopeless is not God's fault, it's yours because you're not tapping in to the reason for hope. He came so that you could have hope. The resurrection of Jesus, it was not just about the birth of Christ. I mean, the resurrection, it's all about the resurrection, not just the birth. I'm sorry, my mind is all over the place right now. But when you think about it, we think about Jesus coming, we see this little baby. But he came not just to be the baby, but be the man on the cross. It'll pay the penalty of your sins. If you trust and you obeyed him, if you walked with him, if, you, if he was a part of your life every single day, then if you loved, honored, and obeyed him, if you had a personal relationship with him, then you would have eternal life. And you can walk in that peace. And I'm going to say it once, I've said it once, I'm going to say it again. That's not about that you were a good, you're a good man, you're a good woman, that you went to church on Sunday, that you, that you come to church occasionally. That you might have said a sinner's prayer when you was a kid. That you might have been baptized when you was a kid. That commitment probably didn't mean jack. If you have not given God your life, he's not changing you. Has there been a change in your life? Are you the same rebellious person you've always been? You're going to be hopeless if you're the same old man, same old woman. 
He didn't die so you'd be the same person. He died so that you would have a transformed life. And that gives me hope. Nothing shows me more. Nothing gets me jacked up more. When I go by, I'm going to tell you, y'all may think I'm crazy, but I can go by a beer cooler and I can walk by it and it's not saying, Jeremy. Used to, man, I walk by there and next thing I have my hand on the door, I'm like, man, what you doing? It's just calling my name. But I can walk by there today and guess what? I'll be in and out of the store and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I didn't even look there. I didn't even look for it. And I... You do things like that. You're hopeful. You are thankful when you go back and see what God's done in you. Amen? And if you can't look back and see what he's done in you, then guess what? He ain't done nothing in you. And it's time for you to go back to the beginning and say, Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, bring me. Oh, God, save me. Oh, God, change me. And that's where we are right now today. As we close out, where are you at? As we close out, what's in your heart? Has there been a moment in which you truly changed or you've just been going through a religious motion? So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're hopeless and you don't know how to find hope, if you truly want to give God your life and surrender your life to Jesus Christ, just be bold and raise your hand and say, that's me today. I want to give you my life. Amen, sister. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. See, God's moved in so many ways. He, he, he moved hell, He moved heaven and earth so that you could be able to have access to hope through Jesus. What areas in your life, church, those of you that are still sitting down, what areas in your life do you need to get shored up? What areas in your life do you need hope in? What areas in your life do you need refreshing in? Come on, identify it now. Think about it now. What? Because Jesus is a magnifying, awesome king. Amen? He's a magnificent king. He's bigger than anything we can imagine. He didn't send his son to die so you can mope around talking about how poor, how poor and pitiful you are. So you, you should desire power. Amen? You should desire God to, say, you, God to use you in a powerful way. You should desire those things. But see, he ain't going to use you in a powerful way if you're still holding on to the powerless things of your life. Where are you hopeless at? Identify today. God's made you. God's made you the way he has. God's made you to be a hopeful people, church. Pointing people to the glory and the light of the world. But we can't point people to Jesus and tell people how awesome Jesus is. We're wallowing in our hopeless state, looking at things the way we do. So I, want you, I hope you're identifying those things. Because just identifying those things in your life is the first step. That's the first step. What's your next step? What's your next step? Like I said before, you can't stay where you are and go with God. And something God spoke to me a couple weeks ago in, and we're going to close, is that this. God gives me, or Dallas, or a preacher, a message every Sunday. And that's the truth of God. Amen? It's the truth. I preach the truth to you today. I preach the God-honest truth to you today. The truth of God's Word, from God's Word. 
And every day when, we, when you have the word of God in front of you and you have the word of God preached to you, you have a choice. You have a, there's a crossroads. There's a line drawn in the sand this morning. Are you going to obey God or are you going to leave here the same way you came? Are you going to change today or are you going to walk on in, in rebellion? What are you going to do today? Because you have a decision to make. And I've obeyed God. The, can't, the question is, are you going to obey God? Are you going to sit there like you do every week and say, he ain't talking about me? Or are you going to truly examine your life and say, you know what, God, do something to me today. I don't care what nobody thinks. I want you more than anything else. Do something to me. And God wants the people that are that way. God wants the people that is like, here am I, Lord, send me. Are you going to be bold today or are you going to continue to be cowardly and sit down? God's called us to be a bold, courageous people. Amen? So if you will, stand with me. As the worship team comes up. If God's moving in your heart, then move. If God's telling you to do something, do something. If God's telling you to fix a relationship and lay here, go fix it. If God's, whatever God's telling you to do, fix whatever's going on. I'm going to pray and worship team's going to start and then they're going to dismiss us. Father God, we come to you right now. And God, we thank you. God, I, the Holy Spirit, I praise you. You are so big. You are so awesome. Like your word just says, Lord, that, that you created every starry thing and you've made a name for it. God, you, you created the Big Dipper before we even, we even knew what to call it. Lord, I, God, I just thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you for how big you are. I thank you for loving all of us. I thank you, Lord, for each person here today. Whether they knew they was coming yesterday, you knew they was coming. And God, I pray that you would move in every heart today. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would pour in them today. I pray, Father, they can't leave here the same that they came in, God. I pray, Father, that you would do an amazing work in their heart, God. I pray, Father, that the hopelessness would go away. I pray out in the name of Jesus that you would change us, God, that we wouldn't be okay being the same way we are, God. I pray, Father, that you would help us be just, just, just upset and mad by staying the same way, God. I pray, Father, we would have a hunger for you, Lord. God, I pray that you would just, right now, Lord, in the, in the hearts of every person in this room, God, I pray that there would be just a, a, a fire igniting in their stomachs, Lord. God, I pray you would let those dry bones live again, Lord. I pray, God, that the situations that people feel hopeless in, that today, God, you would give them hope. I pray, God, you would refresh every soul in here today, God. I pray, God, that you would move in a powerful way in their hearts like they never had before. God, I pray you would feel, they would feel your spirit like they never had before. When they leave here, they can say, surely the spirit of the Lord has been in this place. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to do your work, do your thing. God, we love you and we thank you.